I, I want to just remind you that uh, God is concerned about our attitude. Are, are you with me? God is concerned about how we do things. God is concerned about our attitudes. Uh, and then I told you last week, God is concerned about our words. I told you when you're dealing with people, you got to be careful of the words that you use. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but, 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 but this, this, uh, this series has been blessing my life. Amen. And I hope that it's been blessing your life. Amen. So uh, we're going to pick up right here, and then I want to start talking to you about becoming a peacemaker. Amen. Becoming a what? A, a what? A peacemaker. Amen. Listen, there's no reason for us and there's no excuse for us to have a bad attitude. I mean, it's just, it's just, just God just saying with that. Amen. I mean, you could slice it. You could try to justify it. You could say, well, you know, this person did this to me, so I'm mad now that there's no excuse. Let's say it one more time. There's what? No excuse for what? A bad attitude. Remember what I said. If any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. What? Old things have what? Passed away. And behold, what? New things have come. And so as a result of that, we as believers of Jesus Christ should understand that one of the things that we have to learn to do as believers is we have to learn how to walk in the Spirit. Amen. We have to, be, we have to learn how to be filled with the Spirit. We have to be uh, understanding that we can use the Word of God. Amen. And then we begin to see the fruits of the Spirit manifest in our lives. Amen. So, so I want you, if you have your hand out, but, but I want, I'm going to talk about becoming a peacemaker. All right. And so I want to say this to you, believe it or not, your words carry weight. All right. Your words. And oftentimes we're justifying the things that we're saying because we're angry. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so so uh, I want to pick up uh, and ask the question, and it says here, do you swear and use filthy language when you get angry? Because I know we got some cusses in the house. Amen. Amen. Uh, let me say this. For the rest of your life, you're going to be dealing with people. Let's just get good with that. Amen. For the rest of your life, amen, you're going to, if you're married, you're going to have a spouse, you're going to have to talk to her. Or you're going to have to talk to your husband. All right? And for the rest of your life, you may say, oh, I'm an introvert or I'm a loner. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to interact with what? People. People you like, people you don't like. And as a growing Christian, all I'm trying to do is help us to get to a place in our journey where we can handle, listen, a lot of us, uh, well, I won't say a lot of us. I'll say some of us. <laughs> Amen. Some of us, we fly off the handle too quickly. Amen. We, we do. We do. We, 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 we say things without thinking. And so in communication, your words play a big part. Now, 
uh, I asked, do you swear and use filthy language when you get angry? Amen. Right? And, and some of us say, yeah. But as you get stronger and as you grow to maturity, when a curse word rolls off your tongue, it should feel like gravel in your mouth. Right? You know, I'm just saying, like, like seriously. Like, now, now, for our young people, they hear it all day long at school. I mean, seriously. And sometimes they hear it at home. Come on, help me somebody. And, and, and as a result of that, they are imit- We want our kids to be good. We, you follow what I'm saying? But yet we talk to them in such a way where they're like, man, you want me to talk good. You want me to be good. But the way you talk to me and the words that you use around me is not a good example to me. Now, I already know that you know that you have an issue. I already know that you know this may not be an issue for you. But here's the thing. Bottom line is, how do we fix it? That's the key. That's what I'm after this morning. Amen. And so go to go to Colossians chapter 3 for me. Amen. Now let me say this. Every time you cuss, right, in arguments or whatever case may be, you are grieving the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. You're grieving him. All right? The Bible does say, let no unwholesome word come out your mouth. That's what that word unwholesome means. Amen. Go there for me. Colossians chapter 3. Uh, yeah, Colossians chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Come on. And verse 8. And if we back up for a minute, let's back up. We might as well back up a little bit. Amen. Uh, to verse 1. If then you have been raised up with what? With who? Keep what? Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your mind on what? Not on the things that are on earth. Now, here's the thing. Oftentimes... Our minds are so earthly. You feel what I'm saying? Where our mind is, we talked about this yesterday. Our mind is so in the natural. You you feel what I'm saying? That the thoughts that we have, for some reason it causes stuff to come out of our mouth that should not come out of our mouth. All right? Now, now I I know of a pastor I'm not going to say where in this country, he's in, he passes in a different city. He said he's a cussing preacher. And he curses. And he drops it every not, every, very often. Now, I just believe he has not been delivered. But he's been doing this for about 30 years. <laughs> so, so, but, the, but I, it's clear what the Bible says. If you and I are talking and you just cussing me out and I'm cussing you out, what, 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 what do you think is going to happen? What do, you think can, what do you think can come out of that? Nothing good, right? And so the Bible's clear. He says, look what he says. 
He says, set your minds on the things above. Verse 3, for you have what? You have died. And your life is what? Hidden. No, 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 not you. Not not right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen, amen. I saw you coming. I saw you coming. I saw you coming. Watch this. I meant to tell you that earlier. Uh, he says, uh, who, who is our life? I'm sorry. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, and then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Verse 5. Therefore, consider the what? The members of your earthly body as what? Dead. Now, now I want to show you something. For, for people who say, I can't. And there's some of us have, who have not been delivered from cussing yet. Right? I'm serious. I mean, we just have not been delivered yet. But can I tell you something? You've been freed from it. Now, if the Bible is true, and it is, then it says that you, verse 3, for you have you. Who's the you there? No, the old you. The one who was dead in their trespasses and sin. I'm just trying to show you biblically that we often remain as victims because we choose to accept we choose not to accept our new position in Christ and we have a new position in Christ we have a new heart we have died the old Jew is dead quit resurrecting him or her amen so when you say we can't get along, when two couples come to me for counseling and one person said we can't get along, I said, uh-uh, you can't get along. You just choose not to get along. And then we got to ask ourselves a question, who is in the room? There's nothing that you cannot overcome as a believer because we have been raised up with Christ. I said this on Tuesday night, that we have resurrection power. Are you, are y'all with me? We have what? Resurrection power. Amen. Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, verse three, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse four, when Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So he says, in between now and then, guess what? We won't really understand all of it, but one day when Jesus, you know what you're going to be happy of one day? That even though you may have had some a hard time here on earth, okay, that one day when Jesus reveals himself, you'll know. You'll know something that the believer don't know, that the unbeliever don't know. You'll recognize it's Jesus. Come on, somebody. 
and, and you will grow, glorify him. We're in a good, we on, we on the right path. Tell your neighbor, we're on the right path. We're we on the right path. All right? So, so don't let these little things trip you up. I'm talking about these little things that you're dealing with right now. It's, it, you say, little to you, it's big to me because you've magnified your problem and not your God. As a matter of fact, you've worshipped your problem and not your God. See, what we do is we worship the wrong thing. I teach this in Christian counseling. Every issue is a worship issue. Every issue. Because whatever you spend too much time fixated, if you, if you went to your bank account and you, you, know, you pull it up online and every five, every, every five hours you lay, it ain't going to change. <laughs> and you say, you see negative, okay, you magnify it. Come on, somebody. It ain't going to change it. It's still there. You, you find what I'm saying? But, but what I found out, saints, is that the, the reason why a lot of us, we've had to use words to survive. Right? And, and a lot of us, we protect ourselves with our words. We're not all the way truthful. Come on, somebody. We're deceiving at times. We will never say, I got a problem. Have you ever told your spouse you had a problem? Besides, you know, we got a problem, babe. We, we ain't have no sex. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. That's for the married folk. We got a problem, baby. Amen. We ain't got enough money. See, have you ever spoken to your spouse and said to your spouse, I got a problem? Oh, come on, help me, somebody. See, words are powerful. And oftentimes we use our words when we're angry to cut. But he says, no, that ain't supposed to be how it works. Look at verse 5. He says, therefore, because of all these things, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to what? Passions, evil desires, greed, which amounts to idolatry. Amen. Verse 6 says what? For it is on the account of these things that the wrath of God will come. Verse 7, and in them, and in them, you also once walked when you were living what? That sounds like a past tense to me. I want to say this to you. You have to start saying to yourself, I am changed. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live like that. And the reason why I no longer live like that, because I have a new nature. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 8 is what I was trying to get to. But now you also put them what? What's the Bible asking us to do? Huh? What does it mean to put aside? Huh? Take it off and throw it away. 
put it away, put it aside. And But we have accepted to some degree, we've accepted to some degree that this is how we are. This is who I am. But I want to say to somebody here this morning, God can change your heart. God can change your language. He can change your walk. He can change your talk. But you and I have to yield to him. We have to want change. Watch this. Watch. This. And you know why some people feel uncomfortable when they hear this kind of stuff? Because they realize, man, that's where I'm at. And your uncomfortability should be a blessing to let you know that it's time for me to change. Not, not just words you use with people, but words you use to speak to yourself. Come on, somebody. Look what he says. He says, but now you also put them all aside. What does he tell us to put aside? Anger. I, I used this last week, right? I told you when Jesus went into the temple, he was mad, but he didn't cuss, did he? Did he curse? No. He just threw everything over and told them that my house should be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into what? See, he, you know what he did? He attacked the problem. Amen. Look what he says. He says, put it away. Malice, slander, slander. And what kind of speech, y'all? Now, let me just say something about that real quick. Do you know you can verbally abuse a person for years and keep them oppressed? Huh? People don't, people don't think that. People think abuse is just physical, sexual, you know, emotional, mental, but abusive speech can hinder a marriage, can hinder a relationship, can hinder a young person. When you've been raised up with this stuff, come on, y'all. I hope that you're hearing me this morning. I hope that God is God is peeking to your hearts this morning to hear what I'm saying about this. This stuff, I believe, he says, should not come out of your what? That's pretty deep. If you're angry, you got to find a way to talk. And just because you call the people on the phone, you know, the phone company, and you throw a tantrum, doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. Now, I'm guilty. Amen. Because sometimes that's about the only way I can get what I want. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling y'all the truth. I don't cuss them, though, you know what I mean? But I'm like, hold on now. That lady called me the other day, uh, a couple weeks, about three, four weeks back. She's like, well, God bless you. I said, well, God bless you, too. You follow what I'm saying? You know, but she was trying to use that because I was ordering something for the church, right? And she was, she was aggressive. And I was trying, yesterday I was on the phone. My daughter heard me on the phone with a lady on the phone. And, and the best recourse is to do this. If the other person is getting upset, say, could you please transfer me to somebody else? Real simple. You have the power to do that. Amen. All right. I want to show you something else real quick. <laughs> he says, look what the text says. Malice, slander, and what else? Abusive speech from your mouth. But look what he says, verse 9. Do not what? Because, you know, when we get angry, 
Now, do you know, you know these fall under the category of sin, right? Does everybody know that? Slander, malice, abusive speech and all that, it falls into the category of sin. So let me share what, the, what, what happens. We may think like, okay, I just cursed or I just said something, and then we, here we go. We go into our prayer closet, and we have having devotion, and we praying, and we all sanctimonious and sanctified and worshiping and all this other stuff. But you haven't understood that you're, you're in sin. And one of the things that you've got to understand is God ain't hearing that prayer. See, at some point, you've got to stop and look at yourself. I'm trying to help somebody. And you have to really ask yourself, Lord, what is it that you need to change in me? What, what is it that I need changing in so that I can be right before you? See, care about how you look before God. See, you may show me something this morning about yourself, right? We all come in here, we smiling and everything. You follow what I'm saying? We just, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But what's, what, what is really going on in your heart this morning? And as we are in the presence of God, this is a good time. Listen, this ain't time to get quiet. This time, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know what I want y'all to start doing when you get convicted? Just shout. <laughs> if you were to do the opposite, what you're going to tell, what you're telling Satan is, I got it. You find what I'm saying? Listen, that's me. Praise God that I'm not, listen, that God has pointed out in me the things that offends him. And God, I ask this morning that you change my what? My heart. For real. Watch this. Watch this. I already told you that we don't fight against flesh and blood. Right? But oftentimes we make the fight about the other person. Look at the next thing. The next thing is, and I got because I got to move on. Do you exaggerate by using phrases such as you always or you never when you're attempting to point to, watch this, when you're attempting to prove a point? You always do this. You always do that. I'm guilty. You all, y'all don't want to say guilty. That's all right. That's all right. I'm going to shout by myself. Hey! You always overlooking me. You always say this. Or you always that. Come on, y'all. We always say that when we're trying to prove a point. Especially with our mates. Come on, somebody. Go to Ephesians 4. <laughs> good Lord, have mercy. It's all right. It's, listen, I'm good. I understand. Tell your neighbor, I understand. I understand what's happening here. Ephesians 4.15. Listen, I thank God for saving me. I'm not going to tell I, I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. I thank God for saving me because, listen, I told my wife, before I die, I'm going to get it. Before I die, I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to get this character thing down. You follow what I'm saying? Because, and not just what the public sees, I'm talking about at home. When you get home and you're short and you're this and you're that, that's who you are. I thought, talk to the men about that. The last locker room. That we got to be what we say we are in public. What people see, they got to see that at home. You kind to everybody but your wife. 
you gentle and talk to everybody real cool and patient with everybody. Let me get in somebody's business. Amen. But when it comes down to your wife or your kids, you short like a, like a time bomb. Hello, somebody. Uh-oh. I'm standing by myself. Look, look at this right quick. Uh, where, where are we at? See, y'all done got me off. All right, before we go there, let, let me show you something. Go to verse 1. You know, we always going to go to verse 1, maybe. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner of what? 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 What does it mean to walk worthy of your calling? What does that mean? Come on, this is Bible study. What, what does it mean? Walking worthy. Okay. Walking in righteousness. Come on, let me let me hear something. What else? Anybody else? Heard what you think, Herb? Y'all know why I call her, right? What you think, Herb? Oh, anybody else? Walking worthy of it. Huh? Deserving. Huh. Okay. All right. Now we're heading down the right path now. What else? You got a job at a company, you are the CEO. You're making $250,000 a year plus bonuses. Right? Somebody said, woo. Now see, now see what I'm saying? Now see, I have to relate it to something relatable because y'all too spiritual for me. Watch this. And now, you are deserving of it. You're worthy of it. You, 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 you're doing the job as if you are what? Grateful. Walk in such a way that you're worthy of the calling, not the cash and the commodities. But you're walking in such a way that you are proud to carry the name of Jesus. And that you are proud to be called Christian. Paul says, walk in that manner. Live in such a way that you're worthy. A CEO, you ain't going to find him shooting craps on the corner, are you? Amen. Not all the CEOs you see. Well, anyways. But what I'm, you understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you're living in such a way that you're representing the office that you carry in such a way that they're like, man, that person there, there's something different about that person. You know, God knows our motives. But watch this. He says, walk in such a way that you're worthy of the calling for which you have been called. Look at verse 2. This is the key right here. This is the key right here. Verse 2. <clears throat> because when you start using phrases like you always or you never to try to prove a point, watch this. 
with all what? With all what, y'all? Hmm. What's the next word that comes after humility? Because some of us are humble, but we ain't gentle. Some of us are humble, but we're tough. We're rough. We got to get that roughness out. You got to talk to people a little bit differently. You got to stop sizing people up with your words, okay? Because let me say this. You, you, I want you to understand this, when, especially leaders. When you're dealing with people, you never know when they show up what they showed up to church with. So be careful. You know, I used to crack jokes all the time. I stopped cracking jokes when I see people. I kind of feel them out first before I crack a joke. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got to use wisdom. You follow what I'm saying? Because he says with humility, just imagine your marriage like this. With humility and what? What? Gentleness. What, what's, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? With what? Stop trying to get people to where you are. They ain't there yet. But here's the thing. How can you be patient with everybody else? Patience. Showing what? Forbearance. To one another. There's a whole lot of meat on this bone. In what? I believe love is the foundation of this whole thing. He says, so if you and I are going to have a conversation, and if we're going to talk, if we're going to talk, and if we're going to deal with issues, then here's how we got to deal with it. And I can't always say, you always. No, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to evaluate the situation and say, you know what? Was I gentle? Because do you not know that if you're rough or if you're, if you're accusing a person of saying always, it's going to make that person feel like they'll never change. Understand the receiver of the information. And when they receive that information, they're like, in their mind, they're already frustrated with themselves. So, and then when you validate, come on somebody, negativity, they're going to be like, well, you're right. You're absolutely right there. And then that puts them on the defense. Hello, somebody. Verse 3 says what? And being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of what? Peace. Now flip on down to verse 14 right quick. Now we already know what he says here. You know, he talks about that God gave pastors and teachers and evangelists and for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. But look at verse 14. As a result, we, we, are no longer to be what? Just, just stop right there. That's what children do, y'all. <laughs> and sometimes we're, literally, we're adults, but we're acting like what? But watch the type of child he's talking about. Now, contextually, he's talking about stop gravitating just to feel-good messages. All right? Messages that just empower you. Listen to some messages that's going to convict you and that will convince you 
to change. Hello, somebody. Because he says that's why he gave pastors and teachers to equip you, watch this, for your calling. But he says, but we are no longer to be children tossed, what? Here and there by what? Waves and carried about by every wind of what? Doctrine. You know what the definition for doctrine is? Teachings. That's what doctrines mean. Teachings. So we have the doctrine of prayer. What I'm talking about right now is the doctrine of spirituality. In fact, I'm teaching that to my, to my pastors now at the seminary. This is the doctrine or the theology of spirituality. Sanctification. Learning how to walk and live as a Christian. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to hope you up. Hello, somebody. So that you can say, man, I, we don't have to keep saying always, always to each other. Let's stop. Let's get that out of our vocabulary. Let's take it out. Anytime I say always stop me. And let's have a let's have a uh let's let's do the do the apple pears, plum, uh bananas, grapefruit. Whenever you hear me, those are the those you know what that is? That that's that's key words to shut up. <laughs> when whenever you hear the word always out of my out of my mouth, I'm gonna say apple pears, banana, grapefruit, grapes. And that's gonna make you be quiet and not say anything else. Those are called key words, triggers, to stop you from going off. Come on, say amen. You can pick whatever you want. You can, you can use buses, cars, you know, whatever you want, whatever you like. You can say, but if you say, when you hear a person or when you hear them curse, follow them say, you just, you just, apple, pears, plums, you know what I mean? And that will trigger them in their mindset. Okay, because right, you're bringing, because it's a non-threatening thing. Because if I would say, you just cut. No, I didn't. Then you just lied. <laughs> you mad. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. And then you're like, dang, now you're mad. No, I'm not. So if you say apple, pears, plums, bananas, it'll cause the person to say, okay, all right, I got it. But you got to agree on that. You got to agree on that. So anytime you hear me say, you always leave the trash out. <laughs> or you always do that. You got to do it in sequence. Because sometimes the person is so heated, you can't even get their attention. Come on, somebody. And I know some of us act like that. When nobody can get your attention, when you're so heated. Come on, somebody. Look what he says now. I thank God for Jesus, y'all. I ain't lying to you. All right, let, come on. Give God a hand clap. Pray. This is what I need. This is what I need, Lord. This is what I need. You got to say that to yourself. This is what I need. And if you argue with yourself, say the same thing. All right? Look what he says. See, because you're getting teachings that's going to help you to live a spirit-filled, godly life. You're not going to get it right, but you can get some things right. Listen, I teach for 52 weeks. Right? 52 weeks I teach a year. That's just, that's just, we ain't talking about Bible study. So that's 100 and what? 102. 104, I mean. Now watch this. If, if, if after one year, 104 times you've heard the word of God and you've heard principles from the word of God and you're still the same, something is wrong, boo-boo. For real. 
For real, you got a lot. You get a lot of words, y'all. And and then we got and then we got locker room, and then we got women's fellowship. And then we got you know. So so, but we're teaching you because he says, look. And the reason I brought that up, look what he says. He says, but every wind of doctrine by the trickery of what men by craftiness and deceitful speaking, scheming. See, there are people out here that want you to just focus on prosperity. Self-help and self-empowerment, okay? But they never touch your character. Don't we see that happening in America today? Do I need to bring it up? I don't need to bring it up, do I? All right, because it's clear. Look at the news. Men that you thought, people that you idolized when you were little, right? And then you look at their character unfolding now. You're like, dang, some of them are dead and they still bringing up bad stuff about them. You find what I'm saying? So my, my, my goal has always been in my Christian life to get this thing right. But I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet. And I thank God that like Paul says, not until we attain maturity will we come to a place of deliverance. And so the issue is not how long you've been in church. The issue is, are you growing in church? Come on, somebody. Are you growing in Christ? Are you developing? My time is up. Uh, are you developing? Are you, you know, are you growing? Do you see yourself changing? Those are the great, those are the great things that happens in your life that through the teaching. But you got to be careful of the trickery of men. Whenever you get to the point where you're like, man, Pastor just keep talking about my, you know what I mean? Here's the thing. It's good for you. It'll help you. It'll grow you. And listen, and you can live a life that's pleasing unto God. Real quick, let me see what, show you what he said in verse 15. He says, but speaking the what? This is what I'm saying right quick, and I'm going to leave you right here. All right, that's the key. If you're going to point out something that a person is always doing. Now, my wife, come, my wife comes to me now and say this to me. You always leave your shoes by the dresser. All your shoes. I'll be like, that's true. I'll be like, that's true. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's true. But if she comes and says something to me that in my mind I'm thinking, nah, I may have done that this time. But because you're mad, you want to magnify it and tell me I do it all the time. What do you think that's going to do, Herd? It's going to put you, what, on the defense. Right? So we have to choose what we say to one another as couples and even as believers to one another. Amen? Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise.